We have in the studio world-renowned volcano expert, Dr. Franco Pirino. He's had a lifelong fascination with volcanoes and can trace back to memories of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 1944. He's speaking at uh, a day in Pompeii, the, that uh, exhibition at the WA Museum, and is with us on, on afternoons. And... I was distracted because we were just uh, we were just discussing <laughs> Franco how old you would have to be to remember that <laughs> eruption. I was five years old. Five years old. Yeah. What do you remember about it? Uh, I, unfortunately, only flashes here and there, but I, I do remember a few. Well, the fireworks, obviously, because uh, being a child, that the, the the dangers of the eruption didn't mean much to me. Uh, but I was fascinated by seeing these fireworks uh, shooting up into the sky. And um, the other thing that I do remember quite clearly is that the ashes and rocks falling on our house. We lived in Pompeii, obviously, and uh, uh, my mother panicking and uh, she grabbed a coffee table, put it on her head and dragged me along. And I distinctly remember the sound of the small rocks falling on the table as we were making our way to the bomb shelter because we had the bomb shed, the war was on at the time. And um, so these are the things that, and I, of course I remember the rain of ashes and uh, around the house. So uh, this is, the, to <coughs> me, because <coughs> I was terrified of volcanoes when I was a child, <coughs> even living in Australia <coughs> where there aren't too <coughs> many floating around the place. These to me is the stuff of childhood nightmares, but it wasn't for you. No, not at all, on the opposite. that uh, I, um, I, I I can't say that I was that, that was the turning point, not at all, because I was too small at the time. Uh, but certainly, I lived effectively all my ch- my childhood, and I grew up along the slopes of Mount Vesuvius. So I was not in Pompeii all the time, and we left Pompeii when I was about ten years old, and then we moved uh, to not far away, but always along the slopes of the volcano, just outside the city of Naples. And this this crater and this volcano, this mountain that I see every day of my life, it was just fascinating. So I started climbing it, and I climbed it again and again and again. I did this for many, many, many years. Is this as a child? As a child, absolutely, as a a school kid. And uh, at one time I got lost, uh, as you would expect, no GPSs those days, and uh, no maps, nothing. I was just a child, and and my father had to call the police. For help, eventually I did. They, I actually found the police on the other side of the, uh, on the opposite side of the slope of the volcano. Well, you would have been at a good vantage point. Well, you in like a sense, yeah, that's right. So down. these things, and uh, and so it's effectively, you might say that in my, uh, I grew up uh, uh, well and truly on the slopes of Mount Vesuvius, and uh, and of course then I went to did my school days, and uh, but the. The volcano was always at the back of my mind, and eventually I um, did geology at the University of Naples, <clears throat> and then I did my doctorate at the Volcano Observatory, which is the first in the world, by the way. What is the Volcano, volcano Observatory? Volcano Observatory, it's an institute of research, which is on the slopes of the, um, of the usually Hawaii's got one, and uh, Vesuvius got one, and many volcanoes have. And the idea is to study volcanoes in many of its great variety of aspects, uh, from the seismological point of view, from the geological point of view, historical, and of course assessment of risk to to um, to property and, and people. I didn't do that. I, I was purely on the purely uh, academic geology and nothing else. So does that involve for you a lot of kind of you know standing on the crater? 
looking at the yep, sure bubbling did. lava. Yeah, no, the, at the time, the, the volcano Vesuvius was dormant, and, um, um, and so there was no eruption. Since 1944, there has been no eruption. But uh, we carried out studies to measure the temperature uh, of the crater, uh, inside the crater, and the, uh, monitor the monitoring the um, emission of gases. Uh, th- all these things are very important to try. There is no way that one can predict an eruption. But it is you, like you, a time you, bomb. It is a time bomb. And that's what would be part of my talk tomorrow at the museum. It's, uh, it's, you just don't, like earthquakes, there's no way that you, don't, you know. And even if you do know, you have to be very careful because how do you tell three, four million people who live around the slopes of volcanoes that there is going to be an eruption? And if you do tell them, that's, you can imagine a panic. So it's a, it is a time bomb, but it is one that, um, that unfortunately, that's the way it is. And the, 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 that's the, the planet Earth works like that. And we are mere passengers, you might say. <laughs> We're talking to Dr. Franco Pirano on afternoons. He's a volcano expert. So what is it about them? Apart from this, this childhood, obviously, what, what is it about any volcano that just fascinates you? Well, well as a geologist, just about every geologist is, is, uh, has to know something about volcanoes because volcanoes are the... In a sense, the um, volcanoes built the build the crust of the earth or participate in the building of the crust of the earth. But uh, I don't know. I really um, it it's, there is no question about it. Mount Vesuvius fascinated me, and that's it. And uh, so, and of course, when I left Italy and we went to um, uh, with my wife, we went to uh, to Africa first, and then uh, um, to Australia, and then New Zealand, and back to Africa, and so on and so on. But uh, the, my fascination with volcanoes stayed, even though my job did not specifically address volcanic, um, volcanological studies. Um, but I always took, whenever I have, have, have an opportunity, I climb a volcano. Whether it's alive or dead, I do. What's it like um, climbing a live uh, volcano? A live volcano. I did that in the Reunion Island in the Indian Ocean. Um, and that was absolutely mind-boggling. I'll do it again and again and again. Um, that one was... Uh, especially dangerous because um, the the volcano is continually it's like Hawaii it, it, it's continuously erupting the the type of eruption it's uh, it's kind of a um, not mild but it's not a dangerous eruption in that there are no explosions of uh, of um, uh, ashes and fragments are going here, but th- th- it's just lava that comes out quietly, quietly, so to speak. However, ominously, ominously. <laughs> <laughs> However, every now and then there is an explosion, of course, and this lava bursts into the sky, goes into the sky, and the bits and pieces like pancakes fall all around you. So I had to time um, the the interval between one eruption, one explosion, and the next. And um, standing at the base of the crater, I find out that there was about uh, 30 to 40 minutes. Thereabouts. thereabouts. <gasps> and uh, those days, I had, I, of course, I had a camera. It wasn't a digital camera, a normal camera with slides, with a film. So, I, so the, expl- the, the explosion went on, and I looked at my watch, and I said, I have enough time to clamp to the top of the crater and look inside. So I did that. And uh, of course, left my backpack behind because I, I had to be uh, more agile. Yeah. Mm. And uh, when I uh, looked at over the edge of the crater, uh, there was the uh, site that I will never ever forget, and I want to have it, see it again and again and again whenever I can, because you see this lake of the molten rock which swashes from one side to the other, making 
incredible noise like the, like, like the surf on the uh, on the on the beach same thing that wow. kind of thing is and I, I was totally mesmerized and uh, but I took photographs and then I looked at my watch and went back to the base of the crater and then I realized I had three more films left three more um, films left in my camera so I said well I'm gonna do it again so I waited explosion came up and I went up but like I said before, these things are unpredictable. And this volcano erupted as I was, exploded as I was on the, on the rim taking photographs. But fortunately, because the, the material, the fragments shoot up in the air and they make a, like a, <clears throat> a parabolic trajectory. So if you are by the edge of the crater, you, you're okay. But you don't have to, you must not move. <laughs> Otherwise, you get one of those pancakes on your head. Oh. That's over a thousand degrees centigrade. Well, so, you're not terrified. Absolutely. Of course I was. And um, anyway, eventually it came down and I went down ba back to the base of the crater and there was a couple of policemen there <laughs> shaking their head. Saying you complete <laughs> You're stupid, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yep, okay. <laughs> And look, your um, your the lecture that you're doing is uh, it, it's the title of it was, I think, really interesting. Civilization exists by geological consent. You made a bit of a uh, reference to this yes, earlier. That's right. Subject to change without notice. Uh, that's right. And uh, these are not my words, by the way, taken from an American philosopher and, and writer. But um, and it, it caught my eye because it is so true. And the last five six years. It, it's been proven correct. Tsunamis, um, uh, volcanic eruptions like the one in Iceland, for example. And these things can happen anytime within the areas that in areas that they have volcanoes, of course, and areas subject to earthquakes. But the point is that, uh, that I will make tomorrow is that some of these volcanoes are really gigantic. You know, if you take the Yellowstone National Park in the United States or Taupo in New Zealand, for example, and some in the Mediterranean Sea, just opposite the uh, west coast of Italy. Um, some of those volcanoes, uh, if they erupt, the way they have erupted in the past, it's a, it's total destruction, total total destruction. Not only that, but of course you you you. I know that climate change is very much the buzzword these days. <laughs> but if there is going to be a climate change, that volcano volcanoes will can, can cause it, do cause it, and they certainly did in the past, and we have evidence of it. So, but again, like I said, you, there's no way that you can possibly predict when. And Pompeii, I guess, is just a, oh, is, is a, is, actually, it's a memorial. It, it is, and the Pompeii eruption was not a big one by any by any stretch of the imagination. It was kind of a, a medium, small to medium size. So I'm talking about really, really large, large eruptions. And one example that I will uh, uh, mention tomorrow is the Toba volcano in Indonesia which erupted, fortunately, 74,000 years ago. And that, that the, the amount of ash and fragments that um, uh, were ejected from this volcano spread all the way to over, over 2,000 kilometers radius around it. And tsunami waves hit the coast of Western Australia and Africa and India. So that kind of thing is really gigantic. And not only gigantic, but it's the equivalent of the destruction that may be caused by a meteorite impact. Same thing. So you must be absolutely 
bored out of your mind in Perth, living and working in Perth. What are you doing here? <laughs> we don't have any volcanoes. No, no we don't. Unfortunately, we do not. But uh, the great, apart from the fact that I love Perth and I love the Western Australia, um, it's the place where I really live because because it's peaceful and quiet. Exactly for that. <laughs> your wife's dragged you here, hasn't she? Yeah, that's right, yes, that's right, yeah. It's wonderful to have you on the program. I think you, can people come along and listen to the lecture? Absolutely, of, of course. I, I'm sure they can. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I think it's a it's a public lecture. Yes, of course. Yes. And that's tomorrow at the. That's museum. tomorrow six o'clock. Yes. Fantastic. Lovely to meet you. Thanks. Thank for you. My on. pleasure, Dr. Franco Pirano volcano expert on afternoon.